You're listening to 2325 Fitness, your favorite health and fitness podcast. In this episode, our guest is Dr. Jim Bentley. He's a chiropractor by profession, but he's also learned and an expertise in ancient Chinese medicine and the healing process. We talk about the human body, the anatomy of the human body, how chiropractors help the human body lead a pain-free life, how healing methods are essential, and much more. Enjoy the episode. Doc, with us today, Dr. Jim Bentley. Dr. Jim, how are you? Great. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, likewise, and thank you so much for taking out time. I understand the field that you're in and the people that you're surrounded by, your, your colleagues, your patients, and everyone you work with take up most of your time. So thank you so much for being here on a Sunday evening, actually. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm happy to be here. So Dr. Jim, as I'm aware, your background is started off with uh, it's Sifu is a training method or Sifu is a style of training. Is that correct? Uh, Sifu just means instructor. Right. Okay. Guide. <clears throat> so you are uh, the style. Of, so the style of training is, I don't want to mess up the pronunciation. It's W something. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a full senior instructor and Sifu in Wing Chun. Okay. Wing Chun. You're right. Right. Wing Chun is uh, Bruce Lee's mother art. Right. And, um, and made famous by Bruce Lee and Yip Man. And that lineage just made it world famous. I also teach Jeet um, <clears throat> Kune Do, Kali, stick fighting, knife fighting. Wow. Uh, Filipino martial arts <clears throat> through Guru Daniel Santo, who was Bruce Lee's best friend. Yeah, absolutely. I actually was really impressed by that. Uh, Donnie Santo was, was Bruce Lee's best friend and his trainer also, I believe. He was uh, his mentor in, in some of the martial arts aspects as well, correct? Uh, especially in um, nunchucks. So Guru oh, no. Dan taught Bruce Lee nunchucks. And they used to train with each other, going to other masters and learning. And then uh, Guru Dan was his um, student also. Sure, absolutely. Now, I know that uh, I talked to a, a patient and friend of yours, Harun, who connected us. So thank you for yeah. thank you to him for connecting us. And he, you were in town actually to fix, I'm doing a courageous mark to fix them. You know what I mean? As chiropractors and as someone who's healing, you got to, you know, people have issues in their body. So before we get started into like the detail of how you do it, what the process is, I want to get, I want to get to why did you choose a route? Like what made you go towards the martial arts side of things and how did that become for you where you are today? Um, growing up in a small town, logging town. Uh, on the coast of Oregon, uh, you just get a, into a lot of fights, whether you want to or not. And I thought, gosh, well, men have to get in fights. I want to be good at this. And of course, the best fighter I knew of at the time was Bruce Lee. So I really kind of, you know, followed his footsteps, which brought me to Wing Chun. And the further I got into martial arts, the more I really wanted to understand how the body worked, how the joints worked, how the structure and the function of the human condition worked. And then I got into how to uh, hurt something and then how to heal that something. So, and I started reading about a lot of great masters like uh, Grandmaster Yip Man, Jiu uh, Wan. <clears throat> a lot of the elders in Wing Chun were also very famous, sought out after healers in their own right. And you see that in a lot of martial arts systems that a lot of the people that are higher up in the lineages actually become uh, very famous for, for their healing methods as well. 
So there seems to be a kind of a correspondence between the wellness and balance of uh, healing um, what you may have had to destroy during um, or enable during combat. And for you, where did it really like tick off that this is something that you want to make a career out of? Because a lot of people kind of get uh, intrigued by this. Mm -hmm. They're like, you know what? I'm going to do what I'm doing professionally. At the same time, I want to learn martial arts. I want to go into boxing. I want to make it as my hobby. When did it realize for you that, you know what, this is something that I want to do and make an impact in other people's lives for, for a living? I think I just had a, uh, <clears throat> I kept getting uh, these universal cues to get into chiropractic and I kept fighting it because it's a eight year degree. You have to do your mm. pre-med four sure. years and four years of the doctor program. So it was uh looked like a daunting task but i think that at the end i just knew i wasn't going to be happy without doing that without helping people and it was a little scary because i was the first one in my family to graduate high school let alone go to college mm, wow so, you know not knowing how to study and and only 18 percent of them made it through the program so the doctor program was pretty tough and uh <clears throat> so you had to just really want it. You know, you really, it's kind of like becoming a black belt. They say, how long does the average, how long does it take for the average person to become a black belt? And the common answer is the average person never becomes a black belt. Hmm. You know, it takes a lot of time, a lot of diligence, a lot of, um, uh, I guess, uh, putting things off and setting things aside to pursue becoming a black belt or becoming a doctor or becoming um, the best that whatever it is person wants to become there's sacrifices that need to be made to do that and those sacrifices aren't going to be forever but for the meanwhile things are going to have to be set aside and i think that's the biggest challenge for any art or any system any profession that to be the best that you can possibly be in that profession and bring that to to bring yourself to that level is going to require of you some difficult choices and all too often uh, things arise that people don't end up finishing but hopefully it's not if it's when you know maybe they can't finish it in five years but maybe they do it in 12 or 20 but eventually they they get to where they want to be in their in their journey Absolutely. And I can definitely kind of attest or compare to that as back when I was in high school. This is the Middle East. I was born and raised in Abu Dhabi. So, and I understand that black belt throughout martial arts is different. It's different for karate, it's different for judo, it's different from all these uh, different, different martial arts sports. So I was doing karate and I went up to the level of brown three. I was basically about two belts away from getting a black. But then I moved to Canada for my higher education and I never really pursued that. As you mentioned, you know, it was, it's a lot more sacrifice, a lot more dedication that it takes to get better at, at an art. And an art such as yourself, which is you're a chiropractor, at the same time you are in the space of martial arts. You are in the space of, well, people are like breaking joints, breaking things every single time. And they need the healing aspect that you we just talked about. So I want you to really touch a little bit on that. What is healing? You know, and what is healing? What does healing mean to you? What does healing mean to an average person? And what does healing mean to a, a professional fighter? 
Well, I think one of the things that most pro fighters I work with um, pre and post their fights, one of the things that's kind of shocking to them is if you look at the human condition, the entire body is ran by the nervous system. Sure. And the nervous system is the only thing protected by bone. And if you look at all martial arts, all fighting arts, and I talked about this in, in my book coming out next month, that if you look like behind the sternum, that part of the spine, about six to eight inches, is the most immovable part of the spine because of the thoracic cage. So if you look at the, uh, like an airplane, pitch, roll, and yaw, so position in space, and you look at the human body in position of space, that core behind the sternum is the only part that doesn't move. The head can move, the shoulders can move, everything can move, but that spot is locked. So if a person starts getting these misalignments in the spine, it starts stiffening the spine. And so it goes from six to eight inches to maybe 10 or 12 or you know two feet. And all of a sudden a person's really stiff and it's not very mobile. And one of the things about taking an impact is that force from an impact has to go somewhere. And if the body's like a green piece of grass and moves, the force can flow. But the force is going to come out the weakest link. So if the whole spine is stiff and, and brittle, now you have a fracture, tear, break. Now you have a major injury because the body couldn't flow with it. And even when they do throws in judo or jiu-jitsu, one of the common things is you slap your hand on the mat to help dissipate that energy. Right. So we know that this thing, so if the spine is nice and moving and mobile, then you can take that flow and just jump right back up and go. But if it's stiff and brittle and you take that fall, now you have these injuries that occur because the body can no longer dissipate that energy. And especially, it's not like, it's not like a martial artist just slept wrong. It's like their partner or their opponent is physically trying to move bones on their body you, you know it's like you're you're trying to do harm on another person and the more advanced you get in your systems the harder you're going to go at each other even if they're your friend your training partner you're testing each other's skills <clears throat> so it's not a matter of they slipped on a stair or they woke up in a, in a funky position uh, so to try to undo that is really important. So before you go into a, a fight or, or a competition, that your, your all the muscles are firing appropriately, the neurology is uh, uh, functioning uh, appropriately, your brain hemispheres are functioning appropriately. So you're going into it ready to give your all. <clears throat> and then post the competition or the fight, then realigning everything and making sure you can continue to train and you're not trying to train through injuries so it's really that's why um, people will fly me to work on them pre and post their major fights um, people like pro gonzalez and working with uh, eric paulson's team down in la and <clears throat> curtis molander and, and those molander and people like that it's really been um uh interesting because it's kind of like working on 
competitive uh, CrossFit people. Sure. You know, you're, you're asking, you're not asking a little bit of your body, you're asking the extreme of your body. And you're forcing your body to do things that it may not want to do. And so if it's everything's optimized, it's a lot easier. But if you're trying to work through those injuries or perform through those injuries, especially, then you're going out into a competition and you're not able to do your best that you possibly could because that knee or that elbow or that wrist or the neck or the spine isn't ready to function properly because once everything is open and aligned, then the muscles start to fire appropriately. Left and right brain hemispheres in the, in the brain. So you're fully aware. But anybody in chronic pain, you're kind of like, you can't meditate your way out of that pain. Yeah. So it's really hard to take your, your focus, 100% focus on your opponent or what's at hand when you know you have this injury or you know this, you have this, this pain in your body. It's really hard to perform at your optimal level. Sure. So you're so just to, again, because that's a lot of information and I really appreciate sharing that with us because I myself didn't know like that's the whole process that goes into it. So in just simple terms for the audience, a healing is basically to ensure that your body is in perfect condition from any minor joint displacement, any, any stress or any kind of nerve issues going into a fight. And then after a fight, your body is in the best place, right where it begins. So it can train for the next fight. Is that correct? Yes, it is. And um, to add to that, one interesting thing is that less than 10% of the nervous system recognizes pain. Sure. The rest of the 9% of that nervous system is controlling something major on the inside of the body. So if that nerve root is being impinged, well, your feeling is only 10% of that nerve root. They say maybe 8%. The rest of the 92% of that nerve is controlling like the heart, the lungs, the liver, mm -hmm. the gallbladder, something majorly important inside the body. So you're not only optimizing the functionality of the outside of the body and getting rid of pain and optimizing range of motions and functionality, but also the healing potential and the functionality of the organs inside the body. Sure. sure. And the reason why I kind of like ask this question, because in general, healing means, okay, you know, there's a wound you see on your, there's a cut, there's a scar, it's healing, it recovers. But a lot of times when people talk about healing as an overall the mind always shifts to the ancient oriental techniques. You know, when you go to China, Japan, you see all these Kung yeah. Fu movies, you see them, they're like putting their hand on the chest and like, you know, for example, if uh, the, the uh, Dr. Strange movie, you know, they have yeah. like kind of like similar, you know, where they do a healing thing where they separate the body from the soul. So that's why like a lot of times people kind of like get into it, but this is more practical of like how the human body, the human organ functionality is where it needs to be and how it is moving forward. Now, one thing I was just curious to know is that you're a chiropractor by profession, but you also have a healing method, you know, your own healing method that you've like studied and comprised from different trainers and teachers. How would you differentiate that? You know, for the general public, what is a chiropractor? Like what do you do as a chiropractor? And how does your unique healing technique differ from that? So a lot of chiropractic is about locating and, um, correcting vertebral subluxations, which are subluxations on misalignments in the vertebra in the spine. So you can do that through palpation, through feeling. You can do that through uh, leg checks. Uh, you can do that through muscle testing. There's a lot of different ways you can find these, uh, these misalignments in the body. With the healing method that I've come up with, 
and where it's been uh, developed over time, there's a sequencing in the body. So if you look at the spine and the body going out from the spine into the extremities, like the hands and the feet, is like a tumbler lock. It goes out in a certain sequence. So it has to go back in the opposite sequence. <clears throat> so it might have something misaligned or not functioning properly, but you might need to correct something first before you correct it. So like if the shoulder might be anterior on the right and you get the shoulder back and down, but you have anterior ribs in the front, if you don't uh, get those ribs back in place, they're gonna pull the shoulder back forward. Right. So if you never discover that there's anterior ribs involved, then um, you're kind of just doing putting a Band-Aid on it because it's going to come back. So when you look at the <clears throat> whole body as, a, as a, the human condition, you start to realize that <clears throat> a lot of the chronic pain patterns are accompanied with a chronic postural distortion. So if you can correct posture, you can correct so many things. The body can heal itself. The power that made the body can heal the body. So the, if you get a simple cut, uh, modern medicine can't heal that cut, but the body can, the intelligence in the body can. <clears throat> so you're removing the interferences so the body can heal itself and perform optimally, which is the goal, overall goal. It's just that my system, I've discovered the sequencing of, of how to find what you need to align in what order. Rather than someone coming to you saying that, hey, Dr. Jim, my back's messed up. And this is because I've been through a chiropractor too. Like a general process is a new patient comes in, an x-ray is done. They look at what needs to be aligned. If you tell the back, you know, uh, they'll see that your spine's kind of crooked. And then they'll just like kind of pop it back, do a few fixes, and you're on the way. But for you, it's like, okay, what caused the spine to uh, look the way it is right now and where does it begin so that's where you kind of like are able to fix the, the the root cause of the issue going into the which i think at that point would become the the minor issue of like just fixing the spine because as you mentioned if someone is having that issue the spine or the shoulder you can fix it for them and they can be on their way but it'll be something that's gonna come back to them again yes it and there's value in all those technique systems. If they weren't helping somebody, they wouldn't be alive and well today. Sure. The difference is, is changing posture. And it could be something that somebody's doing to themselves or slouching on a couch or a chair. Right. They're not putting lumbar support up, like basically where the bra line is in a woman, same place on a guy, supporting the upper uh, chest area. So lifting it up, so you bring the lumbar support a little higher. So little things like that, <clears throat> that the person's like wondering, well, every time I sit in this chair in a fetalistic slumped posture, I get up and I can't straighten back up. But you've been sitting in that chair in that rounded way for X amount of time. And then the, there's two ways that the body will misalign, basic ways, structurally. One is a fast action, like a dog pulling a leash that can give you a whiplash yep. or motor vehicle accident. Or the same phenomenon can happen if a person falls asleep on a couch in a weird position, 20 minutes later they wake up, it's like, oh my gosh, what do I do to myself? And so, and, and everybody has lived that. So those two things uh, can cause these misalignments. And if a physical force put it there, it's gonna take a physical force to realign it. Once everything's aligned, 
then things can, once they stay aligned long enough, the joints can heal and the muscles can balance around the alignment. It's interesting because one of the things people say, well, once you start seeing a chiropractor, you always have to see them. And the truth about that is that once the first time I work on somebody, they could have two ribs out, they could have 20 ribs out. Their mind is so disconnected from their body, they have no idea. But once you go through the whole body, head to toe, a couple different sessions, and that one rib starts to come out, you'll know it. And you can identify it. And you're like, oh, I better get back. I better get this aligned. You know, So you become more body conscious. So going back to uh, Dr. Strange, that movie, you know, the mind-body connection, the chronic pain in the body pushes the consciousness out of the, out of the body. But once everything's aligned and you become more body aware, then you really become more balanced as a being. They say when you reconnect man the mind to man the body, you reconnect man the spirit. And I believe that's true because this disconnection is really hard to, to pray, to meditate, to be present, to because you always have this nagging thing in the background or this thing going on, this, this body issue. So once you reconnect these uh, pathways, then you can be a more pure expression of who you really are as a human and so if you look at the human condition we have physical mental emotional biochemical metaphysical five realms of the human condition so one will affect the others so it's not enough to just go through the structural you have to be adapted into these other realms too but make a long story short if you have these other situations and the structure is stuck in a fetalistic posture and you're trying to heal the emotions of a heartbreak or something of that nature. And if you can open up the chest cavity and open up and, and get the posture aligned, it's so much easier to work on emotional things. But as long as somebody's turtle shelled in this uh, fetalistic posture of protectiveness, it's really hard to release emotional things or let those things go for the person until the spine is aligned until everything is they're more upright and you can tell that just in our human nature that if you have a great posture you have a great mindset it's really hard to think of a negative thing with great posture yeah. so if you're driving down the road and you start thinking negative thoughts check your posture i guarantee you're slouching yeah. and so once you get your posture better try thinking of that thing it's really really difficult the problem is, is if somebody's structure is so misaligned, they're always stuck in that, and you physically can't even get in a good posture, it's really hard to have a really optimized mindset. And it's really hard to make the best critical decisions. So when I work with um, uh, rangers, uh, black ops, people that, you know, their critical decision counts, like in a moment. And, and so to save their lives, save other people's lives, so posture is everything, absolutely everything. So it, people don't really think of it in terms of that. You know, when you're, when you're um, working with people that compete for a living, that's one thing. We're working with people that are saving lives. That, that's, that's another thing. You know, critical decision-making is, is far better enhanced with optimized posture.
And that's really interesting that you kind of made that connection because now that I, I think about it and you're right, nobody thinks about it. You know, when people are going through emotions, going through pain, they're never going to sit and be like, Hey, I'm hurting right now. How am I sitting? I'm sad right now. How's my body? I'm, I'm stressed right now. How's my body? And, and I think one of the biggest factors that whenever there's stress, it really like right here on, on, on your traps and your shoulders, you know, that kind of get tense and your body like kind of gets in there. And for us as Muslims, you know, we pray five times a day and we pray in like different positions pretty much every time. So that kind of like made me realize that when I am having a back issue, when I'm having a pain issue, sure, I am praying. I'm trying to connect with my with my Lord. But at the same time, back of my head, as you mentioned, it's not 100 percent there because every time I bend, I feel that pull. Every time I go down on my knees, I feel that sense. So that's a really, really interesting point that you that you brought up with, with the with the uh, mind mind and body connection and that's something that i wanted to dwell into is like even when it comes to bodybuilder and i'm assuming you work with some capacity with bodybuilders as well they have the mind muscle connection which they always talk about if it's not there if you don't feel the muscle you're working then you're not going to really make the best out of that workout that specific thing so i wanted to kind of touch on that in your experience uh, you've been martial arts and now you're helping people as well you know you work out yourself you're, you're training with people. How does the chiropractic and the healing aspect get incorporated in health and fitness? You know, someone who is just trying to lead a healthy lifestyle. One thing you already mentioned is that posture is big. If you have an amazing posture, mm-hmm. your decision-making, you know, like your life's like your life and your the way you feel about yourself is 10 times better. But I want to get into a little bit specific of like your nutrition, your eating habits, your, your working out, you waking up fresh. How does all that play into it? Uh, it's, that's a lot. Um, so I'm going to do my best sure. and then you can ask questions after that. So, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger was, uh, uh, is a huge proponent for chiropractic and, uh, Franco Colombo, his workout okay. partner, actually it's a chiropractor and a nutritionist. So when the facets are stacked, the spine is stacked, the spine is ready to accept the load. When it's unstacked in a poor posture, then it's not ready to accept the load. Not only is it not ready to accept the load to protect it, it shuts off muscle groups. So if you're trying to do a curl, if your shoulders are rolled forward, you're not gonna have the kind of power you have if the shoulders are down and back in a seated position. So now you're ready to really move your body and make make the biceps function. And same thing in, in, combative sports like say somebody's going for a fireman's carry if you have a rounded back you'll never pick the person up if the two lordotic curves in the neck and the low back are engaged so you have these two curves you have good posture you change elevation you shoot you pick the person up your shoulders are slightly higher in elevation to your hips so you're in a great structural posturing to lift a person up that might be your size or even twice your size because the structure is ready to, to take that load, support that load. But as soon as you go into a fetalistic posture, you lose your power, you lose your structure, your muscles shut off. You don't have the overall performance that the body has. If you look at any professional athlete, you can bet on one thing, they have stellar posture because oh. they cannot perform at that level with poor posture. They just can't do it. It's just science and physics. And, and that's what I love most about this is just science and physics. Right. So 
when you look at uh, nutrition, <coughs> nutrition is huge, especially when you look at mental function. Uh, it's like that movie Limitless. Right. They were talking about how a pill can enhance the brain function. And, right. And, and that is true, but also there's a phenomenon known as turkey coma. And we're all going to experience this this coming week. So the, the first brain is actually the stomach. The second brain is the brain. So what we eat dictates the function of the brain, either, either optimizes or limits it. So come Thanksgiving here in a week, if we eat a bunch of uh, alcohols, starches, bad carbs, heavy sugars, you go into this mind fog this brain fog. And so you sit on a couch, you flip through channels, you have no idea what you just watched. You read the same thing three times, wondering what you just read. So you just go into this mental fog and they call it turkey coma. And it's a very well-known phenomenon. So if the person ate like uh, more vegan or chicken rice veggies, something really good quality that's going to help sharpen their mind and give them more of, instead of a horse with blinders, look at things, more of a periphery way of looking at things, understanding your surroundings, who's around you, what's going on around you all the time. <clears throat> and it's interesting, like if you look at, I'm always, uh, I've never been a bartender, but I'm always a fan of bartenders or bouncers that can scan a room. Like you see some really good ones, but they're so hyper aware of what's going, who just walked in, where there's potential problems that might occur, this person versus that person. You can, like, they're so fully aware of, uh, of that environment. And to take that awareness into any environment is I think every martial artist's overall goal. And especially if you get into more of the uh, special ops, uh, Rangers, uh, any of the, the higher end military. So when you start dealing with all those situations, you really start to look at your nutrition because that's going to keep your mind sharp. You can't have a sharp mind and eat garbage. And it's, it's interesting. The first thing we eat in a day um, sets off our day. So we eat um, junk in the morning. We're going to be uh, hungry for junk all day. If we eat something really good and healthy in the morning, we're going to be craving something good and healthy all day. So the first thing we do in the morning really sets the precedence for what we're going to uh, be hungry for. So, you know, for example, if somebody had an orange or avocado toast or something healthier, then they're going to be craving similar things. If they had a bunch of uh, cereals with a bunch of sugars and and um, and then you know top that off with some pop tarts or whatever, then you're going to be craving that the rest of the day. So it's really interesting mentally too, like what what we put in our mind, what we're feeding our mind is what we're going to be looking at all day long. So consciously and biochemically. When you look at the five realms, physical, mental, emotional, documental, metaphysical, <clears throat> all five realms tie in together. So our first of the day is so important to optimize the outlook of our entire day. The first workout, the first mindset, 
And then really, where does that start? It starts the night before. Making sure the night before that we're setting ourselves up for success. We have our clothes ready. We have our, everything is ready to go in the morning. So all we have to do is roll out of bed and do it. Get it done. There's no excuses. All we have to do is roll out of bed and do it because it's already prepared. Everything's ready. Everything's just on go time. And some of the most successful people I know in the financial worlds, uh, combat worlds, performance worlds, whether it's peak mental performance or peak body performance, the first two hours of the day is the most important and crucial part of the day. What happens after that first two hours is just fluff. It's just what is. But that first two hours is really dedicated to optimizing their performance for that day. And, and after that, it's, it's um, everything's just um, beautiful. It leads to beautiful days and beautiful moments and opportunities and people, place, things. You're attracting those things into your life and you're looking for those things too. <clears throat> sure, definitely. And I think it's, it's so interesting that you bring that point out about nutrition because one thing that a lot of people do, and you just talk about turkey coma, is that people are going to eat a lot of food. And then they become lazy and lethargic. And that kind of, I believe personally, that, that kind of plays into a, a issues with, of course, your internal health because of what you're putting into your body, but also your posture and other issues. Because once you've eaten that much food, there's no way that you can walk straight. You're going to want to just sit down, just slouch, lay down and just like just do nothing. And I think a lot of times when people are in that position that don't eat the right food or aren't healthy per se with their activity or what they put in the body, are the majority of the times people that have postural issues, you know, people that are sitting, people that are just, just, you know, just not caring what anything else matters. So that's a really good connection that, that you kind of made there. Now, thank you. another thing is that you also talked about, you know, how it is, it's more about the awareness, you know, and then one example that came to mind was a secret service. Like they're pretty much, but they have the background of the black ops and range and they come from there, their secret service, but that's their only job is to be aware at all times when they're on the president. Right. So that I think in a normal human being, I think if everyone starts to kind of like a reorganize their, their life in a way where even if it's not much activity, even if they just start eating better, I think it would fix many of their problems. And that will also kind of avoid them to get into the postural issues and other health issues that they may have. So Thank you so much for making all of that connection all together. Now, one thing I wanted to did, I wanted to really, really draw into is who do you think should be going to a chiropractor? Number one. And another question is that, do you believe that every single person, whether active or not, has some kind of muscle imbalances and postural issues throughout their life? I do. I, I actually think that everyone should be seeing a chiropractor. I don't think there's anybody that um, shouldn't. The difference is, you know, one of the hardest people to get better is somebody that sits all day for their work and they go home and they sit all night. The inactivity. So like if I work on uh, loggers or athletes, people that have tougher jobs, they get better really fast because they're moving their body. People that, that live a more lethargic lifestyle, an active lifestyle, has a really hard rehab because 
nine times out of 10, they're not really sitting optimally. They're, they're, if you look at a lot of the chairs that we have nowadays, they all put people in a fetalistic posture, a slouched posture. Even when the cars we drive, if they have a lumbar support, generally they're a lot, they're too low. They push the pelvis right. forward, the pieces push the head forward. Person's in a sway back posture, which if you were to stand in a sway back posture, you're gonna have issues. If you're gonna stand in a fetalistic posture, you're gonna have issues. So if you're sitting in that posture over time, when you stand back up, you're going to be um, dealing with those repercussions of, of being in that posture. So if you, you're sitting with optimized posture, stand up in optimized posture, then everything's more optimized in the entire body and psychology. So with that being said, I think that everybody, no matter what the profession is, because of you have to undo what the life is doing to us. And so if you look at our overall uh, American life, which is really worldwide, you're looking down at your phones all day long. <clears throat> you're, you're, you're taking the curvature of your neck and you're reversing it. You're, um, so much of what we have going on in the world is, is putting us into poor posture. And uh, one of the things too you see a lot of people are trying to use braces to get their shoulders back yeah they've been out recently but then your body becomes reliant upon that so you really need to get your rhomboids firing again but it's hard to get your rhomboids firing if you have posterior ribs that are, are out of place shutting off the rhomboids when i look at those braces and things of that nature they can be a good assistant but it's kind of like having a moving brace on one leg even though you're moving your leg within a week, you can see a huge muscle mass loss in that one leg because it's, even though it's a moving brace, it's being supported. So then you, it takes, you know, six to eight to nine to a year worth of physical therapy and rehabilitation to balance out one leg versus the other leg, just from having a moving walking brace on for like six weeks. So <clears throat> really we're doing that to ourselves too. If we, rely on braces. So once you go through and get the body aligned and get everything aligned, then the body can start to form the way it's designed to perform. And the muscles will start to fire. So it helps hold the posturing. And posture is one of those things if we don't use it, we lose it. So if we allow ourselves to get stuck in that couch that's sitting in a fetalistic posture for too long, then we kind of do it to ourselves. We just, we're not consciously aware that that's what we do because if you look at all couches, all chairs, you know, you really, all of them, you have to put a cushion, something behind your back to support you in the optimal posture. But by design, a lot of the chairs, uh, <clears throat> cars, trucks, couches, chairs, they're all putting us in this fetalistic posture and really it's a detriment. Then you add, you know, computers, you add cell phones, you add working with little kids all day, bending over. So it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to find somebody that doesn't need optimized chiropractic care. And even newborns, um, I worked on babies that um, 11 days old that have purple legs from the hips down and their little sacrum was misaligned. As soon as you align the sacrum, then, then the toes start turning pink. And, and started getting color back to them. And they'd seen all these different specialists and everybody was trying to help, but nobody could you know, align the spine. And 
so even babies, they, you know, going through the birthing process, whether it's natural or even uh, C-section is really hard on a child. And people think that a C-section is uh, uh, easier on a baby, but now you're trying to pull a baby through this little incision out. And so that's a lot of pulling. And <clears throat> if you were to take a, a six foot seven linebacker and do that to their head, you might be in for a fight, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you, start, you know, you start looking at, at the force that you're trying to get these little shoulders out through this little incision or, you know, it's, it, it's, it's really intense, you know? And, and you, you know, a lot of uh, children, their bodies don't even ossify, the bones don't ossify until they're 13 years old. And then going into adulthood, these just sometimes things don't ossify until they're 25 years old. So there's a lot of things going on in the equation, but that's <clears throat> sometimes you get questions. People are like, well, why should I bring my child? My seven-year-old is to come see a chiropractor because that seems a little crazy. But then the person will tell you, <clears throat> when I was seven years old, I've been having this problem. You know, I fell off the slide when I was seven years old and just hasn't been the same. So you have the same person <clears throat> say, why should I bring my seven-year-old or my 15-year-old to see a chiropractor? But then they have stories of their own of things that happened to them when they were seven years old or 15 years old. And ever since then, they fell off that horse. And ever since then, they've been having these issues. And so if a physical force put it there, it's going to take a physical force to realign it. Absolutely. And I think it's really interesting that you mentioned that because as you talk about fighters, you know, training and getting beat up and damaging the body the point that you just made like kids fall all the time like i have yeah. nephews who are like a year old two years old like they're just like putting their hands through things shutting the doors on their hands like yeah. like number of things and and that's interesting that you brought up with the babies too because i think recently i did see you know you have all these famous chiropractors like posting youtube videos dr bill hightower and a few other plays a few other people that like i think some of them posted about a baby as well which I was actually interested to see because like that's natural, you know, like there's no, like the baby just comes out of the womb and the whole process kind of like messes their, their joints. It's, it's very interesting. And you talked about the knee, the braces for me, I can uh, again, attest to that. I recently had an ACL surgery, but I was really, really lucky to have some really good phys uh, physical therapists who were, who, who put me out of the brace and, and the crutches within three weeks. I was, I was out of those after that. I was just as needed but that did limit me. And of course, you know, with an ACL surgery that naturally your, your muscle kind of gets, you know, your leg gets smaller, but being in the brace for like that long for two weeks and just sitting on the couch moving, I did have, which, which I don't think there's any way to avoid it, but I did have like some hip issues, you know, early on some, some tightness in the lower back tightness in my glutes because the leg wasn't moving no matter how much I wanted to. And that kind of like connects with how the entire body is, is one because if you stop moving and we talked about the people that are just inactive, I think they definitely need to go see a chiropractor for that reason. Because if someone like myself, who's, who's an active person coming through an injury athletes, you know, if they're getting to this small phase when they're like the most active people, people that don't do anything have worse. So that's, that's a really interesting point that you brought up. Now, one thing that comes to mind, Dr. Jim is also the fact that 
which I've read from research is that a lot of people put on these belts when they deadlift, do rows or any of these things. Is that something necessary or does the human body capable of creating its own belt that you can lift heavier weights without having to put a belt on? Well, I think it kind of depends on the person and it depends on what they're doing, but commonly, um, so it's, it's difficult to say uh, per each person's individual needs, what their needs are, but generally I would say that <clears throat> one of my mentors was asked, how old does my son need to be before I can get him into the gym pumping iron with me? And I thought his answer was brilliant. His answer was, when your son can do 100 push-ups and 100 sit-ups, sit-ups flat out without stopping, that individual's core is developed enough to start adding muscle to that frame. But if you add muscle to a frame with, with a weak core, you're setting that person up for injuries. And if you look at the elite fighting forces, the uh, <clears throat> Navy SEALs, Rangers, all, you know, 9% of their, when they first start, is all body weight, sure. all core development. So once they have to they get core development established, then they start putting light packs on. They work their way up incrementally into full gear. And then they're doing, how do you take full gear and take a person 20 miles and make them do extreme things with their body and never sprain an ankle, never have a knee issue, never like they're, you know, sometimes they do have issues, but the stability that's developed within their training is keeping them, their body <clears throat> so um, secure. And that's what you see a lot of uh, weightlifters, you know, they're so into external rate, weight and external muscle that they really negate <clears throat> the importance of their core development. So can a bodybuilder who can lift 500 pounds in whatever different way, can they do 100 pushups flat out? Can they do 100 crunches flat out? Do they have, can they do planking for five minutes, 10 minutes flat out? <clears throat> do they have the core stability that's required for them to lift that weight? If not, then they have to go backtrack and get that core development to where their body can handle that kind of a muscle mass. Because then you have, if you have these great big arms and great big back muscles surrounded by a weak core, it doesn't really matter who you are, you're gonna have issues. You're gonna have injuries all because of the weak core. And so upper core, pelvic floor, um, uh, lower core are all so crucial uh, a lot of people, men and women, uh, forget about pelvic floor exercises, but that's so important, especially in the old days, you would take a big deep breath, hold it, and you have this intercostal pressure while you're pushing heavy weight. Now they say don't do that because you give yourself a hernia. So now you're supposed to breathe the out. of the back. Yeah. And so you're supposed to have this great posture, even if you're laying back on your back on a bench you're supposed to have this great posture so you don't have these injuries and unfortunately we learned this the hard way because a lot of people had these injuries they had these terrible circumstances and so because of that we changed the way we work out in extreme situations <clears throat> but still to this day 
it's uh it's a lot easier to sit and do squats and max out in front of all your friends than it is to do the due diligence of can I do 100 push-ups flat out? Can I do 100 sit-ups flat out? Is my core developed enough that I'm not going to injure myself by doing these things and, and asking my body to do things that's not properly prepared to do in the first place? So in some situations, I think that a back brace might be good. Uh, if it becomes uh, something somebody relies on, I can see how it could also weaken the body that becomes reliant upon having that brace. And God forbid that they try to do something without a brace, they're not going to have the, the developmental, the core development that's able to do the movement without the brace. So that's, you know, an individual assessment, uh, having a good trainer would be a, a huge benefit to, um, and, and having a trainer that uh, is privy to this kind of information. And a lot of trainers are, are privy to it. You know, a lot of, um, we're so blessed, especially in the United States to have great medical doctors, great surgeons, great physical therapists, great DOs, great, I mean, we live in such a blessed place to get the help that we need. Great personal trainers. Everybody's so educated nowadays. Yeah. And it's a beautiful opportunity, just like, you know, in your situation, you, you had um, surgery and, and within two weeks, you're out of a brace. Like 10 years ago, it may not have been that, you know, that way, you know, so what a huge blessing that is to have that level of skill in all these different arenas. But I think that the backyard um, <clears throat> weightlifter or martial artist or people like that, some of them still have that old school mentality of, you know, just push through the pain rather than allowing the pain and the body to be speaking to you. Like, what's this pain teaching me about my body? What is my, what is this pain teaching me? I'm sitting on this couch, slouched over and, and slunched over and my body doesn't like it. What can I do to change that? So it's really interesting. I'm sure that people that are listening to this right now are assessing how they're sitting, you know, or are standing right now. And then they should be, we all should be. Anybody with a spine should be, and we need to be. We need to be understanding of what our body is speaking to us. And that's reconnecting the brain to the body brings us in more of an intimate connection <clears throat> and more of a sacred connection with the body so we can listen to what the body's saying we can listen to what the food is doing to us and sometimes you have to go on a 30-day detox and then reintroduce food back into your system just so you're privy to wow like i used to love this food but this is not for me you know whatever it is and you know, we don't know, we don't know until we know. And sometimes you have to step back away from things and then reintroduce them incrementally to get an idea <clears throat> and assess, does my body like this or is my body rejecting this? So having a little bit of phlegm in the throat could be a rejection of that food. But how would we know when we're having 10 things that all cause phlegm in the throat? So... And definitely. And I think that's also another issue is that 
a lot of times you see the bodybuilder, bodybuilder as you just mentioned, is that they'll just push through the pain. You know, they'll have a really bad backache. The next day they'll be sore, but then they'll come to the gym again, lift heavy weights again, and they'll be like, it's worth it, you know? And, and in the long run, I think a lot of bodybuilders, a lot of people uh, that are in, even wrestlers, you know, they have from these videos that I've been watching is that when they go through a chiropractor and it does an adjustment, it seems pretty painful, you know, when, when they're actually like going through that whole cracking sound, everything. So I think it's really important, as you mentioned, like to get the basics down, be more in a simple term, be more humble when it comes to what your body's capable of versus you letting your ego play a role and kind of hurting yourself. Yeah. And, and it is interesting that, you know, if you adjust things out of sequence, it can cause a lot of pain. It can be really painful. Uh, when people come off of my table, they're ready for a nap. But when you align things in the right sequence, then it's actually about aligning, opening, releasing, balancing, not about forcing, where you're working with the body, with the intelligence in the body. So some of that can be pretty hardcore. And I feel, you know, it's, it's, it is helping people. Um, <clears throat> but some of it I feel bad is on video because I feel like, uh, uh, some people want that some people want that kind of care but not everybody and it pushes people away from ever wanting to go to a chiropractor because they think that all chiropractic is like that and they think oh my gosh well how could you adjust the baby when you took this great big football player and you did that to their neck or whatever and it's absolutely not any similarities between the two so they're using gentle vib gentle little vibrations versus, you know, uh, getting things to the end of rotation in, in a neck that has more muscle than it has bone, you know? Sure. So taking these things into consideration to assessments is really important. You know, when people are watching these videos, <clears throat> it's that that person in that moment might have needed that thing, but that's not you. That's not your body. You're not a six foot seven linebacker, <clears throat> or you're not that little petite girl that they're going to adjust a certain way. You're like, well, that will never help me because I'm too big and muscular. So everybody's body is uniquely different and needs to be treated as such. There's no uh, one way for everybody. So it's really important for people who look at those videos to recognize that because, uh, and you know, you have to find the right person for the right. Uh, body it's like the story of somebody saying they went to a chiropractor and they say oh I, they hurt me i'll never see another chiropractor and the person says i know what you mean i took my <clears throat> car to a mechanic and it came back worse running worse than it did when i bought it i'll never see another car another, uh, mechanic. <laughs> you know but they're not the same of course. there's so many mechanics so many different chiropractors so many different physical therapists when you say massage there's so many different types of massage so what are, you, what are you really looking for? And find the kind of care that you're looking for that your body needs and then get in tune with that. And, and then you make your monthly dream team, your chiropractor, your acupuncturist, your massage therapist, you know, your physical therapist, your personal trainer, whatever dream team a person needs for their body to perform the way they need it to or want it to, you create your dream team, your dietitian, your nutritionist, you know, rely on them 
the professionals to be your pit crew. If you want your body to run like a Ferrari, then you need to fuel it and you need to treat it like a Ferrari. Totally. If you want to, if you treat it like a 1975 rusted Alpinto, <laughs> fix it when she breaks type of thing, and then wonder why it doesn't run, then that's the reason. So we really need to look at, is this a fine-tuned machine that when I go down and do push-ups, I want to do push-ups. Like it's my job. I want my, I want this body. <clears throat> I want this Bentley to perform like a Ferrari. So how do I do that? How do I, how do I get that? So my last name is Bentley, by the way. So, so how do I get this Bentley to run like a, a Ferrari or a Maserati? Like I want this thing to perform like yesterday. So if I have to eat this green drink, drink this, and it tastes terrible, you bet I'm going to drink 10 of those because that's what it's going to take for this to run optimally. But that's a different mindset and yeah. professional athletes have that mindset you know they may not be craving the salad but that's what they need to be able to do what they're doing they may not want to intake that much protein but that's what they need to do to obtain what their their goal is and looking at fueling the body and getting it to run like a ferrari in optimization and and peak performance optimization so and that's the difference between a lot of people in, in day-to-day life that they don't take into consideration like what what's a person's mindset and how they keep that mindset because the people that are, are have this optimized mindset aren't dealing with turkey coma yeah. and if they do they know okay i'm going to take one for the team i'm going to deal with turkey coma but now i'm going to detox after that because yeah. I need to get back to this mental performance, the physical performance. I can't eat like that every day and expect this thing to perform. And definitely. so it's just physics. Just no, definitely. And I think one thing that's very important to touch on is that you, you're talking about, and we're discussing about like the elite, you know, the, the person who does this for a living. I don't want, I mean, again, you can also tell that we're not expecting this from an average person to do it on a regular basis because that's not their livelihood, you know? But there is an aspect of this that an average person can definitely, definitely incorporate is to eat better, is to move more and just keep a keep a diary or keep a journal or keep something that makes sure that how your mind is connected to your body on a day-to-day basis. So thank you so much, Dr. Jim Bentley. And again, you mentioned Bentley. This is no sponsored <laughs> by, by Bentley whatsoever. But I wanted to now to close off one of the biggest questions that I think a lot of people have, and you even mentioned this a little bit into our conversation is that people think that they don't need to go to a chiropractor. Like why do they need to go to a chiropractor? My question to you is I understand a need for it, but how can people avoid or stop going to a chiropractor maybe in the long run? Or maybe the question could also be that I'm trying to portray is how can this self self manipulate or self fix like a small thing rather than going to a Cairo every single time? Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm of the opinion professionally that everybody should get tuned up at least once a month. Sure. It's kind of like a Ferrari or a car, like you need regular tune-ups. To keep from being um, so far out or to get the body to help re- reassess itself, realign itself, rebalance itself, is going to take... Uh, more optimized posturings. So it's going to take um, being in, in 
paying attention to how you're sitting, how you're standing, how you're moving, developing your core. If you have a weak core, you have a weak low back. So by being more involved in your body and, and whether it's a pro athlete or just a normal human being, uh, if you want to meditate for hours, you've got to have a strong core or you're going to have low back issues. So to get away from seeing a chiropractor as much or, um, or not just a chiropractor, but other um, healing modalities, then it's really going to take, you have to take responsibility for yourself as a human being in this frame and this human condition to optimize your posture, to do upper core, lower core, pelvic floor exercises, to do full body things like planking and stretching, yoga, Pilates, things of that nature. Get your mind more into your body. So if you look at the people that like the elites, you know, what do they do? What do the uh, rangers do? how these people keep from getting injured and how do they always have this great, fantastic posture. And a lot of it's body weight, but <clears throat> body, body weight exercises get boring. You know, people don't want to do the push-ups, They don't want to do the work, but that's what it's going to take. That's what it has to take. And even by the time somebody gets into poor posturing habits and they go seek a chiropractor to get that work to hold, they can't leave that chiropractor or physical therapist and go back to their day-to-day and slouch. You're wasting your money, you're wasting your time, you're undoing the work that's just been done for you. So there's a a lot of, um, they say all healing is self-healing. You can't heal somebody that doesn't want to be healed. And so it's really up to the person to take responsibility for that for themselves to do those, those exercises, core exercises, optimize their posture, and be more uh, responsible for their posturing so they don't have those kind of issues in the future. And just like anything else for health and fitness, for business, for education, uh, a chiropractor or even your own healing method that you talked about, that will just be a start. Sure, people are going to need to be fixed. People are going to have issues, but they're not going to be with you 24 seven. You know, once you give them the right resources, you have to fix your own posture. As a matter of fact, when we were having this conversation, I multiple times, like right now I'm sitting, just make sure that my posture is, is in the more comfortable position for me, you know, not bothering me. So that's really, really an interesting point that you brought up that people don't just like a personal trainer, a physical therapist, whatever it is, you don't necessarily need to rely on them every single time, but you do need them at the same time. They're not going to do the work for you. They're just going to guide you where it is. And you're the one that needs to take care of yourself eventually in the long term. Now, Dr. Jim Manley, again, thank you so much for being on. Before we wrap up, a few more things for you. Number one is uh, if there was a person dead or alive, I already know, you know, you're surrounded by a lot of well-known names. You work with a lot of well-known names. But one person still dead or alive that you want to work with or work on or train with anything that that you you ever thought about. Um, I, I would have to say it would be, uh, it would have to be Bruce Lee. Okay. You know, it's, it's funny. The first time I worked on Guru Dan, he was, uh, I think he was, he was in his, seventies uh, and, and he came off the table the first time he says, wow, doc, he says, I feel like I'm 61 again. And, um, and then we're talking about whiplash and I said, he says, how long could whiplash be with 
be there? And I said, well, Guru, if it's a physical force that's been there for a long time, it could, you know, be there for <clears throat> years and take a physical force to put it there. It's going to take a physical force to realign it. And he's like, I know when I got whiplash. And I said, when's that, Guru? He says, Bruce Lee used to throw me so hard. I know Bruce Lee gave me whiplash. And, you know, and those stories are, I think Guru Dan should be a comedian. He's just such a beautiful human being. But those stories just from back in the day, I just, Bruce Lee would be one of the pretty people that I would just love to uh, to meet. And probably the second to that is Grandmaster Yip Man. Uh, just uh, to see where Bruce Lee got his brilliance from, handed down. And then, um, uh, and of course, there's Mike Tyson and his trainer, you know, Customato. And, and uh, just, you just think, wow, like if I could spend an hour just an hour with around these people. Because if you if you spend an hour with Guru Dan, you go to his seminar or a lot of these great masters, when you leave, you're a changed being. It's, it's really a incredible phenomenon. If you spend an hour with Grandmaster Chai, uh, Muay Thai fighting, uh, Francis Fong, Mai Si Gong, uh, just being in the presence of them and, and but you have to wonder, like, where did they get it from? Sure. Like, brilliance leads to brilliance. It's it's a beautiful thing to be around these people while they're still around with us. So, I would encourage anybody listening to this that if you get a chance to go take a seminar from some of these people, like, please by all means take advantage of it because it'll change your life. Just being in the presence will change your life. You'll and come back and you're a better performer. And it's not just for health and fitness, but also your mental well-being, that the grit that these people have, the relentlessness that they had, is definitely something that I, I think we can all definitely learn from. Now, Dr. Jim, before I let you go, I want you to talk about your book. It's coming up next month and, and your website. And also, how can people connect with you and learn from you? So uh, thank you for bringing that up. I am releasing a book. Hopefully, it'll be ready this next month. That's the, um, the goal. And it's about Wing Chun and the evolutionary science of self-defense, combat, and human performance. So that book will be launched <clears throat> along with our websites, drjimbentley.com and beachtownathleticclub.com, where I'll be teaching uh, self-defense uh, children's program, my three black belt, and advanced close quarter combat Wing Chun, um, white through second degree black belt, all online. So question's been, I've, I've uh, taught so many self-defense courses, a lot of women's courses, and a lot of the black ops I train with would ask me like, what do you teach? Like you have this ocean full of knowledge, like <clears throat> how do you break it down and teach these people to, and have these great classes? And so I was asked, people were asking me to, you know, come to Portland, come to Bend, come to uh, Atlanta. Uh, people, friends in India were like, where can I learn this stuff in India? And so this is my answer to that. So I can actually help people learn anywhere in the world um, at their own pace. And so then they can get certified online and, um, and then part of our online group so they can get all their questions answered. So we really spent the last four years writing this book and the last two years refining this website, both websites. And then we have some success journals launching just after that because I love journals and I love 
uh, peak performance mindsets and the first two hours of the day and focusing on your goals. And so taking all these things I've learned from all these great masters and putting it into one place, which has been key for me because if you want a journal, uh, running journal, then it's only about running. If you want peak performance, it's only about peak performance. If you want workout, it's just about workout. But how do you have a journal that has it all in there? So that was my, I'm like, well, I can't find one, so I'm gonna have to make one. So that was a consciousness of that. But um, I just want to help empower the world and to get people more uh, confident. And maybe they came from a really uh, disempowering background or situations. And how can they do, <clears throat> how can they re-empower themselves in the comfort, privacy, and safety of their own home, um, whether it's on their phone or, or on their TV or on their laptop? And what can we do about that? You know, I, I think so many people, men and women, are walking around uh, really disempowered. And that's a consciousness of why the book, why why the websites, the book is a standalone book. So you can get the book and just that alone will really give a person a lot of perspective. We have like QR codes in the book too. So scan up their phone, go to our YouTube page and learn how to do um, hold focus mitts, do all the different trainings. Uh, and then I promote a lot of the people in, in the book that also have programs like um, Eric Paulson. If you wanna know ground game, stand-up MMA, um, Eric Paulson, uh, uh, Greg Nelson, some of the best in the world. I mean, they train people like Brock Lesnar, like you, they're the top of the top. And so uh, other people that people should know about and be able to go and learn directly from them while we have their brilliance with us, you know, take full advantage of, of, of being, and they're so, they're, these people, it's so crazy that they're so humble, they're so kind. Uh, it's humbling to be around them because you are so giving. And I'm sure that there's a lot of arts um, out there, and a lot of masters that I've never met that are the same exact way. So I'm sharing our family with the world and hopefully that will investigate them to search their local areas. And maybe they can find a, a beautiful person to learn from and mentor from in the local area, maybe in within an art that's not even associated with what we're teaching, but just to create awareness that there's a lot of beautiful people out there doing beautiful things. And so hopefully propagate that and lead this world more into a state of empowerment. So if you're on a little island in Hawaii or Bali, Singapore, wherever you are, even if you're in Hong Kong, like you may not have access to a lot of this information. So we're just trying to figure out, that's been our goal, is to how can we share this information and teach people that may not have access to it. So that was the consciousness of the book and these websites. And so we really, really hope that they just help people that may may uh, be wanting it and wondering, like, where can me and where can my daughter and I learn self-defense and they can do it together in their own home and how beautiful is that that's awesome that's really amazing and that's really like 
empowering people is something that, that I don't think a lot of people try to do that. It's more about, you know, just do self-defense, make money and be, be done with it. But where can people find you on social media, Dr. Jim? Uh, gosh, I'm all over the place. I, um, uh, if you go to drjimbentley.com, that's the author page website at the bottom. It has links going to um, uh, Facebook pages um, and Instagram. So I think I have like uh, 5,000 people on Facebook. Um, so I always post a lot of positive things on Facebook. So if you come across the Facebook page and have a lot of tons of positive things, that's probably me. So uh, just Jim Bentley for that. And then Dr. Jim Bentley, you can search. So I'm, uh, and like I say, we're getting ready to launch everything. So a lot of this will be uh, really out into the world. As soon as the book is ready, we're launching the book and the websites all at the same time. So hopefully in the future, if we do uh, another session, another podcast, then we can uh, expand upon that a little bit more uh, as how things evolve. So we're just, even though I've been working on these things for decades and this book for four years, and I feel like I'm 10 and a half months pregnant, like I'm so ready, but it's not quite ready. Uh, I just, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready to help people and heal people and help people find their healing. Like I said before, all, all healing is self-healing. So if people want it, they just need access to it. And we're just trying to create access to it. And for people that are ready, and when people are ready, the teacher will appear. And it may not be me, maybe not be us, but um, hopefully we'll, drop a uh, pebble and create ripples and people will find who they're meant to find and help empower each other. Absolutely. And one thing we, we always thought, especially as Muslims in a religion is that you can choose to do good for the people. If not, God will find people to replace you. And there's, there's never ending for that. Uh, thank you so much, Dr. Jim. It was a pleasure talking to you. And again, definitely we do look forward to, I do look forward to hosting you again eventually. Great. Thank you so much, Rafi, for having me and, and uh, bless you. And, and thank you for all you're doing to bring this information to the world. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Pleasure is all Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode, please follow the Instagram page 2325fitness for more health and fitness information. If you have any questions, please send us an email at 2325.fit at gmail.com. And please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast.